0: A look at the vice presidential debate from last night, a fire in Chicago, football on the radio, and we try to figure out what fluffer nutters are. This is today. Welcome to This Is Today, the podcast that features the stories that make this day unique. It's Thursday, October 8th, 2020. I'm Russ, and here's what you need to know about today. You know, typically uh, when I get on the podcast, there's a ton of national days to talk about. Well, today, there's one. There's National Fluffernutter Day. And unfortunately, I have never had a Fluffernutter nutter. So uh, I decided to to bring a friend on board here, uh, Boofer from the Can't Win for Losing podcast. Hey, Boofer. Hey, how's it going? Hey, so uh, I'm kind of in a bind here. I've got this whole national fluffernutter day, and I've never had a fluffer
1: nutter. Have you ever had one? Uh, I have not. I've seen pictures on the internet. Uh, toasted looks okay. If you're putting melted marshmallow on just white bread, it looks kind of gross. That's
0: what <laughs> I was thinking. I mean, I, I, I too looked at the photos, and there's that one where there's like this like marshmallow stuff leaking out with what looks like
1: cheese, but I think that's peanut butter. That is correct. Uh, look, there's other great looking things there. You have fluff and bars. You have those cookies look good. The cookies look good. They kind of look like there's also like a sandwichy kind of cookie that have instead of butter nutter, it just has the marshmallow on the inside and they use the peanut butter cookies on the outside. You know, it's a peanut butter cookie because they have to use the fork and the hash for some reason. I don't. Is Why that, do they have to do that on every one of those cookies? Proprietary software that they have to. I, I, it might be. It, that's like their trademark. I see another one that kind of looks sort of interesting, where they take what looks to be a pancake and make a taco out of it. That might <laughs> I might be okay with this one, but it's it's the white bread which is really gross looking to me. I, I don't know who thought that would be a great idea. A kid had to think of that. I don't think it's a kid. I think it's a dad. <laughs> I think the
0: mom was out of town. And the dad is like, all right, I got to get something for this kid for lunch today. Uh, what do we have? Let's see. Marshmallows, peanut butter, bread. All right. It's all I had in the pantry. <laughs> all right. We're going we're gonna to prep a couple of, uh, wow, it's hard to say, fluffernutters. Uh, we're going to prep a couple of fluffernutters. We'll have those. And uh, we'll be right back with our events and birthdays after this. And welcome back. Let's take a look at last night's debate from a historical Perspective. Okay, so while Kamala Harris is the first Black and South Asian American woman to take to the vice president debate stage, she's the third female vice president nominee. The first was Geraldine Ferraro in 1984. The second was Sarah Palin in 2020. The vice presidential debates historically have not done that great in ratings. They, they go back to 1976, and typically they are the worst rated of all the debates. However, when Joe Biden was debating Sarah Palin in 2004. That was the most watched debate of that year. Yeah, it was an interesting one. Uh, people wanted to see what Sarah Palin was all about, and that was kind of her big uh, debut. So, really, historically, not much happens at the vice presidential debates. Some say, you know what, just do no wrong and all is good. However, there was a first last night. It was the debate debut of a fly. Yeah, the fly that landed on Pence's head was the first time a fly has ever been featured in a debate. It got about two minutes of airtime. So good job, fly. And yes, I, I did research this last night. I, I looked all over the web throughout the various debates to see if any other flies and or bugs have landed on candidates. And uh, well, I guess we saw history uh, last night. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, let's talk about 1871. And no, I'm not talking about the amount of times that the moderator said, thank you, Mr. Vice President. I'm talking about the year 1871. On October 8th, 1871, a fire started in Chicago. That fire would grow over the next two days and destroy over three square miles of the city. City officials traced the source of the fire to a small shed. But they were unable to determine the exact cause. In the end, it killed 300 people and destroyed over 17,000 buildings. It left over 100,000 people homeless. Okay, in 1921, a college football game was on the radio. Well, why is that such a big deal? It was the first time ever a college football game would make it to the radio. Okay, so before that, you had to actually go to the games. Now, you could actually listen to them on the radio. This was the West Virginia Mountaineers. They played the Pittsburgh Panthers. But before we get into the game, I want to tell you about KDKA in Pittsburgh. KDKA was the first commercial radio station. Now, earlier in the year, they had broadcast the first live sporting event. It was a boxing match on April 11th, 1920. And just a few days ago, as we reported on the podcast, they broadcast the first World Series game. So they were experimenting with this sports thing. And uh, aren't we all glad they did? Because now we've got sports on radio, TV, everywhere. It's also... In podcasts and the podcast that I mentioned earlier, I had a uh, Boofer stop in to educate us on uh, fluffer nutters. Well, he hadn't tried one either, but you know what? We talked about fluffer nutters at least. Well, he's back now and he is on the can't win for losing podcast. It's a sports analysis, betting podcast. that are going to help you set the line on some of these events. And I asked Boofer to kind of check into this game and learn a little about the Pittsburgh Panthers and the Virginia Mountaineers Oh, challenge
1: was accepted. Hey Boofer, boom, I'm back. Yeah, who wouldn't want to listen to a Mountaineers Panthers game in 1921? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, tell us a little about the game. So, they call this the Backyard Brawl. They've been doing this for a while. 17th meeting is this is what we're talking about right now, right? It's a big rivalry between the two programs. But it was a rough stretch for the Mountaineers here. They had, they had lost about 10 of their last 11 to Pitt. So, not too pretty looking, if you if right. you But You've got your first-year head coach in Clarence Spears looking for uh, just to turn things around a little bit uh, for West Virginia. The Mountaineers were 2-0 at the beginning of the season. This is the third game of the year. Coming off a big win off of the Cincinnati Bearcats, 50 to nothing. Could you imagine oh, that? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How, how, how can you be losing in the backyard brawl? 11 times in a row, and then still beating other teams 50 to nothing like it's no problem. Did the other team show up for that game? I don't think so. Uh, And on the other side of the field, you've got the one-and-one Panthers ran by Glenn Scobie Warner, but more commonly known as Pop Warner. Oh, yeah, Pop Warner, the the football
0: uh, for kids, uh, the organization. I I hear that Pop Warner actually just helped out the organization in uh, the early years, and so they named it after him, uh, calling it Pop Warner Little Scholars and uh, just Pop Warner. That all originated
1: out in Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Hey, we're we're learning a lot this one. We've got Pop Warner, we've got KDKA, and uh, we've we've of course got the game. Let's uh, get back to that game and see uh, what else was going on.
1: Uh, Pitt had just come off that one of the toughest loss of their. They had a zero to six loss to Lafayette the week before they played this uh, backyard brawl, uh, and I think they saw this game as one of the games to get back on track. What about the odds? I couldn't find any Vegas lines on this game at all.
0: (laughs) You know, I just did a a story on Vegas the other day, actually about the Hoover Dam. And in that, I I noted that gambling wasn't legal in Vegas until 1931. So I don't think there was any gambling odds set for this
1: game. So I took the liberty of making my own lines. (laughs) Oh, that is awesome. Uh, Pitt seemed to be, to me, uh, like a 10 and a half favorite over West Virginia. Uh, the over-under on these games back then, is kind of funny, right? Like I said, uh, some of these games, they were just getting uh, shellacked 63 to nothing, and other games I saw on the same week were like zero to three. You spe- <laughs> speaking of not showing up, how about both teams don't show up? <laughs> <laughs> goes to one of these games and watches a zero to three if, if this is baseball i can understand but this is college football they do it for the love <laughs> right well you know actually maybe that's why they
0: started putting these games on the radio nobody wanted to go to actually watch the zero to three game or a 63 to zero game or whatever it is
1: you expect me to run all the way across town i'd rather listen on the radio <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so it's a game, it's on the radio, which means we need a little play-by-play.
1: Uh you want to tell us how the game went? Let's see. Heading into the first quarter, uh no teams got any offense sto- uh, started. It seemed to be a defensive battle. I tried to look up the weather forecast. Apparently they didn't keep weather forecast for 1921. <laughs> <laughs> you come very prepared for a podcast. Of course, I do. Uh, so jump into jump into the second quarter. Both teams have found uh, a spark. You know, they get the little offense going. They to trade touchdowns. It's seven to seven going into halftime. Uh, more of nothing going on in the third. So let's just go on ahead. Fast forward into the fourth. The Mountaineers were able to put up two field goals. You know what? Panthers saw a field goal of the game four, So this is you know, a little bit more than you're used to, which is okay. Cause you know what? The Panthers came back and they were able to score two touchdowns and just head on for a victory. We're going to say that West Virginia losing 21 to 13. Like I said, I would have covered that game. Uh, and that just extended the backyard uh, brawl winning streak for the Panthers to 11. And there you go. Now you can say, yeah, but what about the game? We've covered it. Yeah. you have. <laughs> Now, you know, what What I couldn't find out about this game,
0: and I'm wondering, I mean, you've done a lot of research. You you, you Mm -hmm. got this down. What I couldn't find out was, so a couple days ago, I did a report on KDKA, uh, and they did the first ever World Series game on radio, right? But the announcers were not there. They were actually in a studio, and what would happen is they would send them the information like over wire. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I'm just imagining. You know, it's like Ruth steps to the plate, and well,
1: we'll get the next
0: update in a few seconds here.
1: I've heard stories of radio personalities uh, broadcasting the game, but not watching the game itself. I've I've heard. <laughs> from, I'm from St. Louis. I've heard uh, stories of guys broadcasting the Cardinals games by just someone over the phone telling them what's going on. And what they do is since they're genius broadcasters, they just make up the game as they go. Right. And then whatever information comes in, they just let it fit in. And you, as a listener on the radio, would never know. (laughs) You know, as a
0: guy uh, that's worked in radio, uh, there's plenty of theater going on as you're listening to the radio. You know, re-edits of things, uh, you know, adding into a call afterwards to just – change it slightly to make it fit into something, whatever it is, or, uh, the winners, you know, like you answer the phone, your caller number 100 and, well, you know what, you didn't sound excited enough. So can you do that again and just pretend like you're excited or when the caller's not exciting, you know, asking one of the interns to pretend
1: that they were the caller so that you'd get somebody, uh, excited listening to the radio. Just assuming the truth is coming out. I was thinking about this the other day uh, driving down the street. I was like, oh, I want to listen to music. And I said, oh, that's right. My car has a radio and I can turn it on. And I turned it on. And what did I hear? Not music. I heard advertisements. But then music came on that I liked afterwards. I mean,
0: yeah, well, you know, jumping back to this uh, KDKA thing, it is pretty amazing that today was a milestone uh, in radio. Uh, I I miss radio. I wish it was like it was before. But you know what? I do love the ability for everyone to be able to make a podcast and basically do their own radio station. So tell us, Boofer, a little about uh, your podcast.
1: Uh, so my podcast is pretty simple. So it's about us talking about us because that's the only thing we really know about. And then when we're done talking about us, we talk about all the sports games that I bet on. Uh, my co-host, Gabby, she does not know as much sports as I do. So it's not that you have to know anything about betting or know what a sweetheart tease is or anything like that. You come to the podcast and you learn. That's, it's the Sesame Street of betting. Nice. It, it's for everybody. It's really for everybody. You you turn on ESPN, these guys are just screaming all the time. I don't. I'm, I'm I'm sick of it. I just want to hear a normal, rational person talk a little bit about sports. That's all I care about. I don't need to be screamed out because I'm not a good person because I don't believe some other person. It's it's got too political on ESPN. How is that even <laughs> a thing? That's not what. That's not what we're about. We like just hanging out and talking about sports. And then uh, Gabby likes laughing at me. Or not laughing about me when I win or lose. Because, you know, I can't win for losing. Yes, and that that's your podcast, uh, Can't Win for Losing. And, you know, yeah,
0: you're right. It's not just all sports. It's a little bit of everything. And I got to tell you, you do a great job on that podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, we just like to talk about ourselves and the interesting things that happened with us. All right, thanks so much, Boofer, for joining me. Again, it's the Can't Win
0: for Losing podcast. All right, let's take a look at our birthdays for today. In 1943, on this day, Chevy Chase was born, along with R.L. Stein. Both of them turn 77 today. Sigourney Weaver is 71. Matt Damon is the big 5-0. Nick Cannon is the big 4-0. And Bruno Mars is 35. Barbara Palvin turns 27 today. And I'm not her only fan, Bella Thorne is 23 today. A little inside joke there. This is your look at October 8th. Thanks for listening to This Is Today. We do our best to pull together all the correct information. If you heard something that was wrong, you know what? You're super smart and we're super sorry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five star if you think we deserve it. And and don't forget, you can add us to your Alexa flash briefing. I've been getting a lot of feedback uh, from that lately and uh, it's great. So be sure to add us as a part of your flash briefing and you can wake up to us each morning. All right, if you would like to make a guest suggestion or give us feedback, you can go to thisistodaypodcast.com. I hope you enjoyed learning about today. I'm Russ, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.